A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Matchball podcast for the whole City game with Levi Solicitors. 10% off your legal fees when you mention the square ball when you inquire. It's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. And Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. 4 nil. Yes. How do you like them apples? Lovely. That's how to fit the outer game, isn't it? Not hanging on, just keep scoring more goals. Just keep chipping it at Tyler Roberts and let him do his... Uh, who was that scum player who scored that header? Van Persie? Yes, it was like a Van Persie header, wasn't it? Nice uh, cultural reference there for you. And nice, you know, everyone's going to really love that, I think, really tap into that and think, <laughs> but it, yeah, my hero Van Persie. It was better. Not Alan Clark, Van Persie. <laughs> well, I mean, I've not seen Alan Clark, bottom corner. Not Lee Chapman, Van Persie. <laughs> it, was, it was like that goal, but better because Tyler Roberts scored it and he's my new favourite player. I'm pleased for you. I mean, we should probably get the... Actually, he's my old favourite player. I've always said he was good. We should probably get the Casilla thing said at the start because it's obviously had a, a cloud over the entire run-up to this game, well, for the last 12 hours anyway. We'll deal with it properly on Tuesday where we've got the time and space to do it. This is about the match predominantly. Um, and we'll probably, or maybe, have an indication as to exactly what's been said. Yes, there might be the actual report, which because, will help. But Spider-Boy stepped in, and what do you think of Spider-Boy's performance today? Awful. Can't pass that little bastard, can he? <laughs> it, it was a bit wobbly early doors. What happened he? to the Arsenal one? <laughs> it was a bit wobbly. It just I think it felt almost like he's just a tiny bit nervous, a little bit ring rusty, and then he grew into that game. Has he always been left-footed? Yeah. I'm sure he was using, using the wrong foot today. I think Keith Andrews, of all people, was making this point um, on Sky as I was leaving the house saying that Leeds kept pinging him at his, at his wrong foot. And then we need to get used to the fact that, you know, we now have a, a goalkeeper who uses different feet and has longer limbs and can catch crosses. He wasn't rubbish today. No, I was saying that for absolute jokes. There were those first few passes where it's just, the, the fullbacks are shorter than you remember, Meslier. You're a very tall man, but don't put the ball over their heads. Keep it in play. But his, uh, his big height was very useful when Hull did that one corner that time. And then, was it Helder Costa who then just booted it straight up in the air, which I thought was unhelpful. <laughs> but then Meslier just stood up Reached his uh, Inspector Gadget arms, catch the ball, no problems whatsoever. Everything was good. Even that one where um, they hit the post, he was going to save that. So it was all fine. In truth, he didn't do the the distribution stuff as well as Casilla today, but he did all the goalkeeping stuff well. And when you do the distribution stuff badly, they get a throw in. When you do the goalkeeping stuff badly, they get a goal. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's better to do better to do the catching and the throwing and stuff. There was no point today at which I was worried with Meslier. He thought, oh, he's a, bit, a little bit shaky, but... Even then, with stuff like the corners and the crosses and the free kicks, I just thought, he's got this, it's fine. Yeah, and his, his distribution wasn't that bad. It was just, um, I think we we imagined we were going to have Johnny Charles in goal again after the Arsenal game, and it was just a little step below that. But he's got 
uh, at least seven more games to, to get into the swing of all that. And the good thing is, the goalkeeping situation is, it's a footnote to what happened today. Four lovely, lovely goals, <laughs> particularly the first one. With a funky chicken. <laughs> I was, uh, I would have been happy with a 1-0 win in that goal because it would have, I wonder what would have upset Hull City fans more. Us winning 1-0 off that goal and a chicken dance or the 4-0 mauling that they ended up with. Oh, definitely the 4-0. They, they really, really dislike us, don't I they? I really like upsetting Hull City. It's a really favourite pastime of mine, that. The first half as well, I bet they were thinking, we're still in this, Leeds aren't all that. And then the second half, we were just like, actually, we were we were just dicking around first half. Sorry about that. <laughs> it did seem, I wonder if we were, if we confused ourselves by scoring so early, because we don't, as a general rule. Two things we don't do, uh, shoot from outside the penalty area. Did that, lot, did that did lots that today. Lots, yeah. And then score from outside the penalty area and, and do both of those things inside the first, what was it? Was it the, what minute did we score? Five. Five minutes, even earlier than I remembered. Yeah, we don't do that. Is that the earliest goal we've scored this season? Fairly early, I thought without obviously any statistics to or check. knowledge, yeah. no. Yeah. It feels like, yeah, I can't remember scoring an earlier one. Um, so that's great. But then I did wonder if we then, we were a bit confused because it's like if we'd scored that in the second half, right, we hold this game out for the next 25 minutes and we win. Whereas 85 minutes of holding the game out? Well, well we... Um, that's what do we do? We did change shape, didn't we, in that first half quite prominently. I mean, the Sky commentators, if you watched it... Um, on Sky would have uh, would have alerted you to this fact many times um, that we did we adjusted weren't apologising for our language when we uh, we adjusted the shape and went three at the back because it wasn't um, wasn't quite working early doors well Hull playing three up front and moving them about and just I think yeah there was there were problems that it would be difficult to define without being inside Marcelo Bielsa's head but as ever there were solutions inside Marcelo Bielsa's head and just Stuart Dallas, you go and do some more stuff. Jackie, you do both your job and Stuart Dallas's job. Calvin Phillips, try not to look so worried all the time. <laughs> there was the moment there was a close up of him, and he did seem to be kind of wincing a little bit as if that that dead calf hadn't quite come back to fully to life. Um, but yeah, just I mean, we're in the the stage now compared to the Nottingham Forest match where even if we're not that good. Uh, we're absolutely fine. Certainly better than shit like Hull. They were, that, they were terrible, weren't they? Yeah. That first half was weird because it wasn't just the shape, it was individual things. Like, I mean, Pablo had a weird game all around because I didn't think he played very well in large parts of it, but then he kind of scored and set I one up. It had something to do with awful yeah, goals. That's, that's what I mean. He's kind of, he's crucial to everything we do, even when he's playing badly. But. I absolutely loved, while it's on my mind, his uh, tackle on whoever it was, was running Sliding through. from about 60 yards away. <laughs> well, it wasn't even, it's like kind of lay down in front of him. I was like, if you run another 20 yards in my direction and you just kick the ball off him, like, are you all right? Like a speed bump. What the fuck I that? Like, it was a bit like a computer game where you can do the slide and you, you can just do it from miles away. But the first, I thought Phillips wasn't, normally he always feels like he's stood in the right place and he never was. Dallas was off it. Um, Costa wasn't himself. Bamford was himself, which was to our detriment. Harrison had a, had a couple of good moments, but he, he, his final ball wasn't quite there either. Then in the second half, it just completely turned. and it suddenly clicked, didn't it? Everyone, it everyone was really good. And speaking of click, a bad pun, but um, he was great today and deservedly got man of the match. He's been so good for so long, you sometimes forget. Yeah, I think, again, we referred to it. Did we refer to it the other day? My gushing praise that has inspired him this week when I wrote that thing in the Evening Post. But I believe in the Sky um, post-match, he untucked the article from, yes. the, from the YEP in his, from his sock and yeah. pointing at this. Using it as a shin pad, wasn't it? A new, a new tattoo of his. Protects him. 
Um, and it's only there because he, he couldn't keep it fixed over his uh, his heart. Um, but part of my reason for wanting to write that was, you know, he's played these 80,000 games on the row and you don't often come out of a game, well, you never come out of a game saying, well, Click was rubbish. Um, but you rarely come out of a game saying, oh, Click was great and you don't talk about, you might say, well, Harrison's final ball wasn't all there and whatever, but Click kind of just does his work. Um, so it's good that he, uh, and he was kind of a little bit like that again today. He did get the assist, didn't he, for Tyler's first goal when he put it back, back across. That was but a then, lovely move, that lovely. But then yeah. the other stuff is all kind of the the work earlier on, like the start of, was it that goal or the, the last, no, it was that goal. I'm sure it was him, and I need to see the replay, but I'm sure it was him who worked with Jackie Harrison to get it out of the corner in the first place and kind of flicked it over. I was thinking... He's going to put his foot on it here because we're in a tight situation. Maybe pass back to Meslier, kill this off. Instead, outside the boot, flick over their defender into Harrison's path to, to mm-hmm. turn us onto the mm-hmm. attack. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Well, Bielsa talks about taking risks, doesn't he? And that was the perfect example of it, whereas we've probably been playing within ourselves recently, but then you see stuff like that. Talking about Pablo, though, he did hit the the post slash bar, didn't he, in the first half as well? You forget that. So even though he was slightly off colour, he uh, still managed to, um, well, it could have been 2-0, quite frankly, going into half time get to the other side at half-time, and it was 2-0, and that was nice. And you can add um, Harrison smacking off the post as well from basically the same place, so that's that's too much. That's 3-0 it should have been before we even scored the third. I felt bad for Jackie today. I, I do felt they deserved a goal. Did some very nice stuff. And there was that one where he broke down the left as well, and you were willing him to bang it in, and maybe a little bit earlier, but he carried it on a, to draw the defender across, you know, when it was like 3-on-2 or whatever. He is sometimes underrated as a, a tricky dribbler. Because some of the stuff he does to get into positions, just even there was one for a, a cross in the first half where he did so well just to make the space for the cross. And then because the cross isn't perfect, it's like, oh, well, he's fucking rubbish. But um, some of his close control and that one where he, he dribbled in off the wing went round from a short corner it was, and he dribbled in and had a, a shot, the shot. Brilliant. Mm. Lovely, just lovely all round. Nice to see Pablo... Um get that second and you think then don't you coming out of half time game plans out of the window then for Hull falling two behind so early on in that second half game was over it did feel that way particularly when you looked at for all that we weren't very good in the first half you looked at what Hull had on the pitch and you thought there's no goals in this and I, I actually looked up the first, they were kind of playing with the front three weren't they with mm. Wilkes Honeyman and Samuelson four goals between them this season I mean how old did you think Samuelson was <laughs> I don't know, 48, something like that? No, he was the one who looked about nine. Oh, was he that the really the, young one? Yeah, the bowl cut boy. Oh, I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of Stuart, sorry. Yes, he yes, he was a child, wasn't he? He was a bit Jack Clarkey. Actually, he's a full 22 years of age, according to Wikipedia, which I was very surprised by. Oh, the, the, the villain Corsten, never going to age. <laughs> I was uh, deeply confused by the appearance of a D. Batte, once a trainee at Leeds on the pitch for Hall. That was not upsetting. And apparently, he still hasn't got over it, yeah. the way they were talking about it. And then... Um, crying for weeks. He can be crying for weeks now, can't he? And I, I did enjoy Pennington's contribution to uh, Tyler's second goal. Of all, of course, I didn't notice it at first. We were like, oh, why hasn't that, that defender managed to head that cross clear? Oh, of course. Why, why are Everton still got him? Why are they loaning him out? Why bother? Just get rid of him. It's like a, it's like something that needs to get just rid need, of him. You just need, needs putting out with the bins. You don't want him anymore, so stop keeping him. It's like a toy that, that is no longer being played with and never will be again, Everton. Just leave him. What, what are you going to do with him when you get him back? He needs, he needs that transfer to Tranmere, doesn't he? That's where it's is, that, is that the route? I think either there or crew. Just that kind of 
There's a few Merseyside choices. I would not be surprised though if it was Stoke because that's that, he'll live in Cheshire and he'll go down that well-worn kind of, um, yeah, just a different direction down the motorway. But um, yeah, goal number three. I thought that was a great move. What a lovely, lovely move that was. Just everything about it was just pure. Whoa. And Tyler Roberts showing how to score. Even, I mean, ugh, Bamford. Um, I'm just going to say about Bamford, he would not have shoved Stuart Dallas out of the way to stick that in the net the way that um, Tyler Roberts didn't quite, but he could have left it. He could have said, okay, Stuart, after you and Patrick being a nice, polite, well brought up boy, probably would have done the same. But no, get Tyler Roberts in there with his, uh, what's her face, Princess Leah haircut. Bang. That's how it works. It did. This did feel like Tyler Roberts taking his chances. Like, right, Bamford's horrendously out of form. Big Kev's injured. This is my chance to play up front because he doesn't come on up front, does he? No. Nope. Typically. And I was really, really pleased when he did, I have to say. I was like, yes, yes, a change. It, yeah, it's just something different, isn't it? It's nothing, it's nothing against Bamford. It's like we can see an out-of-form player there who desperately needs a goal. Uh, he might score a couple in a game, but then he'll go on this you know, long run without a few more, won't he? We know what he does. Bamford that's, would have never, ever scored these two goals. No. I don't think for a second he would have scored them. Even if, it, it, leaving aside the what runs he would have made and you know whether or not he would have been in those positions, you leave him in those exact same spots. Like you say, he leaves that for Dallas and they both kind of miss it. And the header, he just heads over, probably. Yeah, the hallmark is aggression in both goals, isn't it? Like he got onto it aggressively, Tyler Roberts. And you often think if he lacks something from his game, Bamford, it's aggre- not physical aggression, but mm. aggression in attacking spaces. And Roberts did all the running as well. It wasn't, it wasn't like when... Nketiah was playing and you thought we we lost a bit of the, the huff and puff that you get from Bamford cl- closing people down. Like the third goal, Roberts was involved in it somewhere on the halfway line, yeah. wasn't it? But then he still is the player bombing forward into the box and having someone who can do the linking bit and the actual scoring bit is beneficial. And to turn it into more of a positive than a kind of a, a trash Bamford opportunity, um, Roberts was here first and Roberts, we've been waiting for him. He's still a young player hoping and waiting for him to just keep fit long enough for him to come as good as it's kind of, whenever he's played, there's always been a couple of goals and there's been good performances and he's looked like... There's a lot of promise, isn't there? Rather than necessarily complete end product, but you get a lot yeah. of promise from him. And he looks like the four and a half million that we paid, you keep thinking that's going to be money well spent at some point. If he can just... Was it that much? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yes. in the grand scheme, I mean, we paid seven million for Bamford. And then whatever, how much is Augustine going to cost us? Twenty million, all this. So mm. absolute. And he was he was a little bit like a, a Daniel James that came off, where he was in demand, and we went and got him from a, a a club who were kind of didn't really want to let him go, but we we did it because we knew he was going to be good in the future. And it's just this problem of the glass legs has really held him back, and it's good if he can just get through the rest of the season without any of that. Have a proper preseason. And then in the Premier League, he's going to be brilliant. And he was brilliant today. And on that fourth goal, yeah, magnificent header. When you saw that flying over and you thought, go on, didn't you? Just as he planted his head on that and sent it back the other way. And Noel Whelan was talking in the post-match on Radio Leeds about how difficult that is to do as a striker. Do you think he's ever done it? No, but he'll be be aware of it. He saw uh, (laughs) Alan Bokshit do it a few times. I'll be fair to the man. Um, Yeah, no, he currently away from goal because the cross came over didn't it Curly? away from goal and then he's having to go back across and redirect it the direction it came from so really good technique is it a bit mean of the Leeds fans to do a d- 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 Tyler Roberts I think Pat was on the bench thinking what's my song <laughs> he's taken my goals taken my song he's still got his country mansion true enough 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. To return to a topic we just touched on before, how bad will hold today though? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're really bad. It's funny. It's almost like selling your two best players is a bad idea. And they've got loads of injuries. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got to be worried. I've not. I've not even. I, I don't look at these days. I don't look at the, that end of the league table. Seventeenth, they were too at, much at full time. But uh, yeah, given Wigan and Barnsley and Luton have have turned half decent, and the league table presumably is laying as they've, far as Middlesbrough a, concerned. As it stands at the minute, they've dropped to nineteenth because of the games that are in play. So and four points off the drop. That's not looking good for them given, still the, given they have uh, no goals in the team there's still the Wednesday and Derby factors to to play into all this but I almost hope that you know that all gets sorted out and, and it's Hull that go down because there would be something particularly with their I mean the one sympathy I have for Hull fans is just they don't deserve it is the whole thing with their owners being absolute maniacs um, trying to change the name of the Tigers and all the stuff um, and everything that they've done there and for selling Bowen and Rusicki in January to bite them back that hard would be hilarious. It was a, it was a, a dick move on the part of the owners to just go probably safe, aren't we? No, nope. yeah, it'd be fine. We'll just we'll just sell them, get the money, and we'll, we won't go down. Mm, yeah, you will. <laughs> and if you grant McCann, I mean, all he's been able to do is say, "Oh, Mallet Wilkes was quite good for me at Doncaster. Can I, can I have him, please?" I thought Wilkes did have a slight look of determination to do something against his former club, certainly at the start of the game. He did He did for Barnsley earlier in the season, though, didn't he? Yeah. But then as the game wore on, he, he kind of realised he was a bit too shit to actually do anything. Seemed to, seemed to be the realisation he came to, because nothing really came off. He, he was appealing for a few free kicks that he didn't get, and he was sulking about. He did a great, I can't believe you've given that ref face at him when, he, when he'd fouled someone, and he... he Seemed to just sort of lose interest by the end of it. It was like, ah, not today. Do you yeah. remember the online fury when we let him go? When we let Harmay go as well? And it was like, why are we letting these exciting young prospects leave this club? And they've gone to, well, they all went to Barnsley. 
and then Barnsley have uh, have had to already move Wilkes onto Hull, which I guess is more McCann just begging for anything he can get than than anything else. And I'm going to suggest that we haven't missed them. Yeah, not at the minute. No, I think that pro- probably as it's turned out, Ben White is a better player than Apo Halme. Much as I loved Halme, but he lacks the the sort of physical comedy of of Halme. Just seeing his, seeing his his amused large child face. I sort of feel glad about that at this stage of the season. What I'm looking out for now is not necessarily physical comedy from our <laughs> our defenders. I'm quite happy to have some very competent looking people winning promotion. I'm really, really comfortable with that rather I, than... I mean, on that, let's talk about that. That's That's the goal now. I mean, given where we are, we basically need six wins out of 10 games. Can we? Will we do it, Michael? I know you've already you're kind of grinning because you're scared. I'm already I'm picking up my phone to check the uh, to check the other scores is what I'm doing. Well, I'm keeping uh, an eye on them at the minute. Fulham haven't scored as it stands yet. I mean, it's three thirty now, so we're half an hour into that. Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday three 0 down at home to Derby. That's quite funny. Well, that um, is funny. Uh, but anyway, um, it's, it's it's kind of getting near to it, isn't it? I mean. It really is, yeah. We're winning the next game because it's Huddersfield at home. Oh, so don't, don't do that's this. already that sorted. And then <laughs> Cardiff away, I mean, we never do well down there. And the thing about Cardiff away is we've had, that's the turning points because it ruined Matt Click's career. It ruined um, everything about us in the Premier League under David O'Leary went wrong at Cardiff. So things things at Cardiff... Thomas Christensen gets sacked after a Cardiff game. Yeah, at home. Um, yes. And that was, yeah, Warnock buried him. Um, so that's tricky and then Fulham at home um, also obviously difficult for obvious reasons because they're s- supposed to be a good team but then after that we'll beat Luton we can beat Blackburn I mean we always beat Stoke don't we um, <laughs> this is the, the blase attitude as you go Swansea away pictures. won't be a problem <laughs> Barnsley, as discussed, how may in defence, that's fine. Are you saying 10 wins out of 10? And then we won't... Well, no, because, Nine. you know, um, um, those seeds of doubt about Cardiff and Fulham um, and Blackburn, uh, what's-his-face, the manager over there, the Middlesbrough legend, what's he called? Mowbray. Mowbray. He's a he's a tough cookie, and I think he, uh, he's he got that element of... Te- he, he's one of those people who can actually quietly test himself against Bielsa. This isn't going to be all Gary Monk about it. So, well, yeah, I seem to uh, the, the group uh, really listen to my ideas. It'll just be, it'll be like, oh no, Bielsa's is great. I'm going to give this a go. So, risk there. Um, but then after that, yeah, we'll be promoted by the time we put. I think at home to Barnsley, we'll, we'll be up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Michael? What's your take on this? I, uh, you know, um, I'm, I am slowly becoming a bit more optimistic. If we can. We won't, will we? If we can start playing Tyler Roberts as a striker, I think that might be a nice idea as well. I was going to say, imagine this for the rest of the season, that we have uh, Tyler Roberts starting up front and then coming off after 20 minutes for... Not after 20 minutes. (laughs) Coming off with 20 minutes left for Jean-Kevin Augustin to come on and Bamford can just watch and then get his medal at the end, which he will have richly deserved for his goals and his teamwork up to now. But, But suddenly... There's a there's a little option there, isn't there? It will be the same team on Saturday, won't it? Oh, absolutely. Bamford's starting all day. <laughs> it will. It absolutely will. A word about some of the other uh, great performances today, because there were a lot in that second half. I thought Stu Dallas uh, looked absolutely great today. He always is. He's become yeah. quite a player, hasn't he? Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he just, and he does everything fine. Even when, he's, even when he's completely out of position in central midfield, he does it okay. And anything, anything out wide is class. So. Yeah, he feels like I can't remember if I included him in the thing I was talking about on the the Phil cast about 
the senior players stepping up, but he's one of those who's just kind of like, no, I'm, I'll take some responsibility for what's going on. And um, Helder Costa, I thought, was very good today. A player who, in the second half, yeah. first half, he was dreadful. I thought, yeah, it, it seems to sort of play within himself a lot, and then suddenly he'll spring to life. But then there are, there's moments where he does something with his feet, or mm. he'll take a first touch where it just completely eliminates two players, and you go, bloody hell, that's good. Yeah, and it's you don't always get that for ninety minutes out of a a, a winger, um, but so forty five minutes will do. Even you know, if just every ten minutes he nutmegs somebody. I'm pretty happy with that. The goal he almost scored would have been really nice as well. It had a great build up to it when he, he jinked and he he shot with, oh, his, yeah. with his left foot. Forgotten about this. That was yeah. that was nearly a really really good goal as well, but not quite to be. There were several. We I mean we were reflecting on a game in which half of it we were quite shit and we could have won about six nil today. Yeah, he does that quite well. Um, he whacks the ball from one foot to the other and then goes around somebody. And uh, they never seem to know what to do with it. Unfortunately, he doesn't always know what to do with it once he's round them, whether it's a, uh, a cross. But then there is a, the question, because, again, this is coming back to the Bamford-Roberts thing, but we often talk about the way that the the final ball is not good enough. Um, Click's layoff for Tyler Roberts' yeah. first goal wasn't the best. I was cursing him when he laid it off for not controlling the ball and shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then also, when you watch the replay, it is a bit of a bobbler because it's quite hard to control the way that ball came in and lay, lay off. But Roberts made that into a really good assist, buried it. And then, um, and it's the same thing with not thinking Bamford would have scored that. I mean, it wasn't even a cross. It was like a chip from midfield by uh, Click for the, the fourth one. We think Bamford's not really going to do that. You start to wonder what Roberts could do with some of these balls that Harrison and Costa put across where you you end up throwing your hands in the air and going fucking hell Costa you're rubbish why can't you put a ball on somebody's head is that well there's somebody there that's a bit more lively confident determined and, and better may, and may, yeah, well maybe Bamford just needs a rest um, yeah. so he can sit on from the sides and just get his confidence back and think right I'm ready to go back into the fray now and it removes all that kind of and he comes back in with something to prove as well as opposed to starting with something to prove which I think is probably quite difficult because mm. you, you're starting with a load of pressure aren't you when that's what I mean it removes that subliminal pressure is what yeah. I was going to say then yeah exactly that and Roberts has kind of brought the pressure the good pressure on him that uh, Big Kev is supposed to provide because the goals we've had in recent games it's like Bamford's not going to start the next game going well Luke Ayling scored so he might be having my place up front whereas now there is a legitimate question there of like look Bamford if you don't book your ideas up and start putting the ball in the net here's somebody who who just might Bless him, I do like him though, and I hope he's, he's all right. Isn't no, he? he's fine, isn't he? And um, if and when we do go up, I'll enjoy seeing him celebrate just like the rest. Because I think people think there's an agenda against him. It's not. It's just because he's massively out of form. It's just frustration at seeing him miss chances, isn't it? It's, it'd be the same if it was, you know, if we still had Lee Chapman here and he was still missing and he was missing chances, we would be pissed off at him <laughs> instead. The abuse he used to get sometimes <laughs> was um, probably, and that's before it was even a, um, a platform to do it on. But uh, and it was a little bit like what said before of just um, a real affection for uh, for Tyler Roberts and thinking that there's a good young player there um, who could play for, I mean, you're talking about just different ages as well. We could get 10 years out of Tyler Roberts, 15 years if he, um, I mean, he's not going to play for 15 years. His legs will dropped off long before <laughs> then. But um, just it's, it's, yeah, rather than anything particularly critical of Bamford, it's nice to see that Tyler Roberts has got a couple of goals, looked like a, a good player again. Um, and could be could be key for the next uh, however many games we've got left. Is it ten? Yeah. Well, we'll move on to heroes and villains now. Then, and let's talk quickly about Stroud, one of our favourite referees. Uh, 
one or two moments that were questionable. Um, just, even when he's right, he just has a face that looks like he's wrong, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I was going to say... You just want to argue with him. Are you aware that since he made a proper pig's ear of that Brentford game um, towards the back end of last season, he's refereed us, is it four times, I think, now, and we've not conceded a goal and we've won every time? Lucky up. But he just looks like he's going to give something, doesn't he? He's... His profile as well, he's got a very Mr. Punch sort of profile. His nose and his chin both, they both sort of follow the parallel lines somehow. I'm not sure, I'm not quite, quite put my finger on why it upsets me. But from, mm. from the side, he's, his face is all wrong. He could be telling you that like, you've won a million pounds in a, what were the old Monopoly cards in a, you know, a Mr. Universe composition or something. He'd still be looking at him going, oh, just fuck off. Just go, what are you talking, what are you saying? Just go away, wanker. But he's, you know, at least he's leaving the uh, leaving the pigs alone these days. Uh, on to heroes and villains, then, as we were sort of skirting into it. There, uh, who've you got? I've got Bielsa as a villain for um, just for going over and lying. To, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell what he was saying, but he was clearly lying to McCann at the end, wasn't he? <laughs> he always does his chat. Oh no, you'll be you'll be you'll be fine. I saw some real real good signs there. <laughs> the way you've absolutely collapsed in that second half—that's not going to be a problem at all. And McCann looked, for his part, McCann looked like a man who knew he was relegated. He had a look of, apart from the hair, he had like a look of Phil Mitchell on crack. You know when he had that that phase in yeah. EastEnders when he when he looked all even pinker than normal and glummer. He just had a like, oh god, <laughs> weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes, yeah, so having Bielsa lie to him, I think he he knew he was lying. Did my eyes deceive me, or was Bielsa sitting in the dugout at the end of that game mm. when they put the uh, the number up for injury time? Whatever, I'm sure he was just he was just sitting in the dugout like a normal manager. And maybe four 0 is the point. <laughs> they'll finally relax well he didn't have his glasses on today did he did he have contact lenses do we think as he moved to that oh I didn't notice actually yeah oh he looks very debonair there looking uh, maybe he's out afterwards getting those <laughs> getting those eyes on display yeah that's the one the one concession he makes if he's going out on the town is he still wears the cap of tracksuit but it's uh, he puts his contacts in <laughs> so the glasses <laughs> love it heroes and villains who else uh villains let's do the FA let's do this because uh, announcing the ban on Friday night at 7.30 without the reasons for the ban has unleashed such a sack of shit on the world Um, it's unbelievable and frustrating and in the context of putting aside any club rivalries if you want to stop racism in football and wider society have a little bit of responsibility and don't unleash a weekend on social media of people with no information because we don't know what has been said even at this point Kassir has been banned for something and without until the report which in the the Suarez and Terry case was a hundred page report so there's a lot of detail and we don't even know what's on page one and yet, all that is happening this weekend on social media is people are arguing about repercussions of something which they don't know the starting point of. You've got thousands of people calling Kiko Kasi a racist, and we don't know if he is. And we've got thousands of people calling Jonathan Leeko a lying scumbag, and we don't know if he is. And we've got nobody in any of it who knows what happened. Mm, so we, we don't know anything more than we did on the day it happened other than he has been found guilty. That's the only thing we know that's different. Yeah, and expecting people to kind of go go through it and we should. I mean, that would be my advice to everybody is just let's wait for the report and see what that says and then we'll know what we're talking about. That's not going to happen and the FA need to know that. They are, this is the point, they're managing 
this situation. It's not what, this isn't Casilla, this isn't Lico, this isn't Leeds, it's not Charlton, it's not West Brom. This is the FA's decision and thinking, oh yeah, you know, we'll be fine. Just tell them what we've done and then, but don't tell them why. And we'll tell them that on, on Monday. And the problem is in the age we're in, and everybody fucking knows this, if you don't go out there with the facts first, then that will just be replaced by nonsense. So whatever does come out in the report on Monday, the arguments have already been had, the battle lines have been drawn, and it's completely unhelpful to... You had all the um, players today wearing kick-it-out T-shirts, while the FA has managed to put in uh, a chain of events this weekend that does not help the aim of what is written on those T-shirts whatsoever. All it does is make people argue, and it's a complete... Fuck over. And I don't, you know, it could be, this is completely unrelated to whether Casilla deserves a band, whether it, that's not the right thing You're to do. You're talking about the process. It's absolutely 100% that releasing the 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 decision, the, the news of the ban, without the facts, without even just a summary, just a one page to say, here it is, and the full report for following Monday, if they had to get it out, that's but at least something where at least we didn't just have this weekend of everybody arguing mm. about something that we don't we don't know. And half seven on a Friday does have a real vibe of like one of those crap emails you want to send because you don't want the person <laughs> to ring you back. It's where so like, well, somebody... I'm just going to push this out now and then I'm going to fuck off out of the office and I'll deal with it on Monday. One journalist has tweeted us to say that um, Friday evenings is where bad news goes to die. Yeah. So that, that's why you think about the timing. And obviously it's, it's impacting on this game and the FA must have thought, right, well, we've concluded the process. Okay, it's, it's Friday afternoon. We need to let him know straight away that he's banned straight away because that's how the process works. Shit, right, we'll put it out Friday evening, but we haven't had time to get all the, the report written. It's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, just wait until Monday. It, it would have, there would have been no harm done if Kiko Kassia played that game if they had to wait until Monday to get all the details out. There's so many other different ways, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we do the, the proper podcast, but I felt it just that in this little window when it's such a hot topic, just reminding everybody, there's, when you go on Twitter and it says, it shows you, he cooks the abandoned, it's like, what do you think? Write what you think into this box. It's okay, don't write anything. Because mm. you don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what the facts are. You don't know either. Nobody does. It's not been revealed. It's not been made. Whatever you've heard about, you know, oh, it's a Spanish word for this and oh, it's different over there. It's like, it's a cultural no. thing. Bullshit, nobody, has, it? nobody has a fucking clue. So when it said that box and on Facebook, like, what are you thinking? What's your opinion on this? Just don't write anything. It's okay. Just, just but, leave that box empty. As you were, you were saying before, their nature hate, hates a vacuum. Yeah, and it? the FA should know that. Yeah. Particularly as they've got communication specialists who will be communicating this out. Who are specialists at being shit. Yes. Uh, so we will wait, I guess, the detail on that before we can form informed opinions on the matter. I mean, as if, I mean, it's still us talking, so as, as informed as we as we ever get, but that would be uh, that would be the... Well, it'll be the same information that's, that's available to everybody, whether you choose to digest it and form an informed opinion or not. Uh, it, I mean, what the reaction, some of the hideous shit that we've seen on Twitter over the last 12 hours or so, or so um, a lot of people have already made their mind up mm. about it, which is a shame. Um, until we see the evidence. But we'll roll that one forward to um, to Tuesday when we reconvene and do the main podcast, and hopefully we've got the reasons by then. A wrap-up on today, though, and we don't want to let that overshadow what was a great football match. Heroes, Tyler Roberts. Just play Tyler. <laughs> Just play him. Does please. the campaign start now? JPT. Just play Tyler? Yes, okay. I thought you were talking about the trophy. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not in it. We can't play him in the Johnson's paint, although isn't the final soon? Just chip him in. <laughs> yeah, just say, is it all right? Um, 
all right, other heroes, I mean, this is a very temporary, immediate moment, but Cardiff have just this instant equalised against Brentford. Oh, too soon. So they've come it? back from 2 two nil down to make it 2-2. Two, two. So, um, Cardiff, I was just saying before that that's where our uh, our hopes and dreams go to die, is well, in uh, Ninian Park, but apparently they still play there, don't they? <laughs> Ninian Park. Um, well, as we, that helps. At the very moment we speak, we're just coming around to half-time in the three o'clock kickoffs. It's 3.45 at the moment, so we're just into injury time. West Brom nil, Wigan nil. Um, and we know, obviously, we can go there and win 1-0, because that's what Wigan do. About do right? you mean West Brom? No, we can go to West Brom and win 1-0. Okay, that, I mean, that would be great. Because I quite fancy winning the league now. Are you sure Cardiff have equalised? They haven't on my phone. They have on my phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got a shit? Oh, no, they have. They have. Sorry, I've not refreshed it. You have a shit phone, I think is what we've concluded from that. Um, so let's just hope that we are within one point of the top because that would make things very, very spicy, wouldn't it, indeed, if we uh, if we were within one point of uh, top position in the division? Oh, if Fulham and Preston, if that could stay as a draw, that's that's fine too. Let's just let's just. I'm happy with these results as they are. Let's end it now. Let's end the podcast now and then all these results stay as they are. I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, if you do want to catch up with Phil Hay, by the way, and you haven't yet listened to our Phil Hay show with The Athletic, that's normally released at 5am UK time on a Friday morning. And we- if you don't get up and listen to it then, you don't get to hear it. It's deleted at 5 past 5am. <laughs> you have a very narrow window in which to hear that programme. You can get 50% off uh, a subscription if you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash the square ball if you want to check out Phil's stuff. And your 10% with Levi Solicitors is always in play as well. If you need legal services, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. We will uh, get together again on Tuesday and pour over what information we have then. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. More replays of Tyler Roberts' header. That's the information I'm looking forward to the most. We'll speak to you in a bit. Ta-ra. The Square Ball Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.